0: The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope.
1: Them boys from Sandy Fort, Delaware, baby perched on the top rope podcast you better listen to
0: it or i'm gonna be on the perch like on the top rope and i'm gonna drop this froggy bow on your head to the briscoe family the friends of the briscoes and those who worked with the briscoes may jay Res- jay briscoe rest in peace Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. I am your host, former dirt sheet writer Lee Walker, and together the band is back together after a few months. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by the perched correspondent, Mr. 100 himself, attending 100 shows, YouTube.com's in Justin We Trust, Justin Largito. And we also have from twitch.tv perched on the top rope our youtube editor our main man alex todd the band is back together boys
1: guys i missed you so much as lee said the band is back together and it's just too sweet Woo!
2: yeah i'm uh, not gonna lie guys between a uh... A string of unfortunate uh, family circumstances for both Lee and I over the past couple months. And then, um, you know, the, for the past couple weeks, the reason I have been off the show personally um, is because I was having an upgrade done on my computer. Took a little longer than we thought it was going to. Um, good thing, though, about that is, though, uh, we got a new graphics card, new processor in the computer. So now we should not run into any issues when it comes to streaming again. I do plan on being back on Twitch on the Parched on the Top Rope Twitch channel this coming Sunday.
0: So Wednesday night, the main event of AEW Dynamite is uh Briscoe versus Jay Lethal. We see Mark come out with not just his ROH Tag Team Championship, but his brother's uh, belt also. Phenomenal match. Now, last week, Justin, we talked about this. Uh, We didn't get the big tribute show like we thought we were going to get And we know why, because uh, Warner Media and things like that kind of put a block to it. But uh, this week, given different circumstances, it has been noted that they allowed it. And moving forward, we will see more of Mark Briscoe on AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage, according to the Dirt Sheets. What would you guys think of this match?
2: Um, so I started getting emotional and teared up a little bit uh, from the very moment that Mark came out from behind the curtain. The The fact that he had Jay or uh, Jameen's, um, Jamin's Ring of Honor tag team title kind of pulled at the heartstrings of I, I feel like everybody in attendance from what I was watching had to, I couldn't have been the only person at home that felt that way. Um, you know, it's, it's not often, I don't even know if it has happened. If we've had a major uh, pro wrestling champion die while still holding the title. And so to, you know, see that soon after he passed that his physical title belt was there with Mark. It did. It brought a tear or two to my eyes, but it was it was a very touching way to show respect for the man and the performer Jay Briscoe.
1: Yeah, match was great on Dynamite. You know, Jay, Jay Lethal that is, and Mark, who obviously is Jay Briscoe's brother, uh, real life and in professional wrestling, they're both very close to Jay, and. You know, like Alex said, once you saw Mark come out and he has the two Ring of Honor tag titles, it really, it gets emotional at that point. And it was great to see, you know, the big pop for Mark when he came out. He got a great reaction when the music hit. Uh, For somebody who's never been on AEW television before as well, you know, take that into consideration. Uh, And, you know, a great way to pay tribute to Jay. And, you know, I think this is just something we're going to see over the next few weeks, obviously. Tony Khan has said, the tribute show that they air, they pre-taped last week Which is actually now on YouTube and Honor Club If For anyone who wants to check that out, I haven't gotten around to it yet But I'll definitely be uh, taking a point this weekend to sit down and watch that And, you know, Supercard of Honor will also be dedicated to Jay Briscoe, And I'm, I'm sure everyone is aware, but Pro Wrestling Tees also has a t-shirt up uh where 100% of the proceeds is going to the uh Pew family. Uh so if you can make sure to buy the shirt and help out that family as much as you can. I know I already ordered my shirt and I'm just waiting for it. So you know, great stuff to see uh from this company. We know how respectful they are. Uh you know, when one of their current talents are is deceased and it just comes out of nowhere. We saw that with Brody Lee a few years ago. So Good on Tony Khan fighting for a moment like this to happen.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, And you guys probably touched on it last week, but good on the entire wrestling community for the way that this was handled. The acknowledgement of Jay Briscoe's passing between all companies, Impact, AEW, WWE, and, and so on and so forth. It's nice to see WWE especially changing a little bit when superstars or talents that pass away that never worked for their company are still acknowledged on air. We saw it when Don West passed away as well. Um, it's, it's, it's very touching, and it's, it's a sign that I think times are changing a little bit, and all companies are kind of realizing that they're all this big family, and, you know, it's one big family, and we're all here for each other.
0: It's just really nice to see that uh, WWE, as you said, go that route. Because, like, in the WWE universe, they, you know, prior for a long time, they kind of, like, pretended that they were the only thing that existed. Yeah. And, And once you left the company, like, you weren't brought up again. I mean, we saw in the early 90s where WWF under Vince McMahon made fun of a lot of the wrestlers like Hulk Hogan, Mean Gene, Bobby the Brain Heenan. In things like that, Macho Man and uh, the older talent that jumped ship to WCW in commercials. Uh, we, you know, in the early 90s, though, we also did see Vince McMahon work with ECW, knowing that they were bringing up talent, this and that, Have a, had a good working relationship all the way up until, you know, he bought the company. So it was great to see, especially like hearing on NXT, uh, all of a sudden out of nowhere on commentary, I mean, literally out of nowhere, you know, they bring it up and it was just, it was nice. And then to also see WWE's Twitter account pay tribute, you know, sending their condolences and retweeting all of the company's talent that were tweeting about uh, Jay Briscoe and, and, and acknowledging uh, stuff like that. So I hope that like moving forward, uh we see more of this and we'll get into this in a little bit because in the royal rumble uh we're expecting some things you know i know that i can count on roman reigns not coming out at number 30 and alex not running for his life i know that much
2: that never ever gets old what rumble was that now that was
1: i think ironically ironically it was 2017 the last time they were in the alamo dome i i thought it was we talked about this before yeah because it was the year
2: that uh it was the year that orton won because as soon as that was the first year that they started using roman as that the last guy that would get eliminated by the guy that would win to get the massive pop for the winner and when he came out everybody thought that he was actually gonna win and lee legitimately wanted to kick my ass yep I've never ran that fast in my life.
1: I think it would be funny if Roman Reigns did come out at 30 this year. By the way,
2: <laughs> oh my God! What if he loses to Kevin Owens earlier on in the night, and then comes out and fucking wins the Royal
1: Rumble? <laughs> that would. That Alex, would be- you better be in running shoes.
2: <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm actually gonna change the like. Uh, I'm gonna double deadbolt all of my doors because now that I said that, if it happens, I feel like within five minutes of that happening, Ali's gonna have me dead
0: true you know while we were on the topic of aw uh, they announced today that they have a uh, new deal which will allow them uh well allow fans in europe and asia to be able to catch aw including aw dynamite rampage dark dark elevation all four of the Battle of the Belts and their pay-per-views as well on uh what is it, Danzen D A Z N, uh, that network, uh, which also
2: also known as Danzenhausen.
1: <laughs> uh you know, they
0: they also work with Impact Wrestling. They also work with MLW. So uh this is a good thing for AEW. This also means probably an increase in sales and merchandise increase in sales of action figures
2: which means increase in pay baby
0: replica belts um the video game if it ever comes out just fight
1: fight for never you mean do we yeah. want to like talk about that? Because there was news about that this week. Yeah,
2: you know, let's. You know, we might as well while we're talking about yeah. AEW and expansion. It, this isn't gonna take yeah. that
1: long. Yeah. Take the lead, Justin. Okay, so as we've known for the last few years or so, AEW <laughs> has been. I'm not even joking. I'm not exaggerating when I say that um, AEW has been planning to release their first video game, uh, simulation game, Fight Forever. Now, it's not like we haven't seen gameplay of this this video game that is supposedly coming out one day. We've seen gameplay, we've heard of who's in the game, who's not in the game, we've heard multiple different things from the AEW Games community, and Evil Uno, Kenny Omega, Aubrey Edwards, so on and so forth, everyone working hands-on with it. It sounds like the biggest issue right now, which is stopping this game from coming out, is the rating. So... It was expected that it would be T for Team, which is which is usually how the WB games are rated. Uh, but by the sound of it, the... I, I forgot who the hell is working on the game, to be honest with you, but... Uh, it sounds like the issue right now is they believe there's too much gore and too much blood in the game. Which I'm assuming is coming from the Blood and Guts match, or not the Blood and Guts match, the uh, Lights Out match. Uh that they had already confirmed for the game, and we've actually seen gameplay on, because you know, we, you go in attacks, you're all bloody afterwards. It, it doesn't just go away; it stays there throughout the match. Maybe it's the exploding death match. Remember that? It remember actually, how? Yeah, remember how successful that, that
2: was? It how did,
1: su- that's supposed to be in the game too. <laughs> now, uh-huh. here's my
2: question: Does it actually blow up, or does it end like the actual match did? Sparklers. Uh-huh. I-
1: I'll be pissed if there's not sparklers. Your console blows up.
0: <laughs> um The screen yeah. goes blank and Gilberg's entrance starts.
1: I was gonna say Gilbert's entrance too. Um but yeah, it sounds like the thing that's holding up that game from being released is the rating. So hopefully that gets settled uh you know at some point soon. It doesn't I really feel build-
2: like, I feel like that shouldn't be a big deal though, when it comes to like the blood though, because it- some of the earlier WWE games had just as much, if not more.
1: But we are in 2023, Alex. A lot of things offend people a lot easier. Yeah,
0: I can't get on Call of Duty anymore and yell and scream like I used to 10 years ago. I get flagged right away, and all of a sudden my account's suspended for a week.
2: Yeah, but right. there's a ton of games where there still is a ton of blood and guts and gore. <laughs> Change the rating to TVM, then. Right. Right
0: but they don't want that. That's the point. Like they want, they're trying to get like more kids, you know, they're, they're going the WWE route. Like, I mean, you can't blame them on that. You can't uh, blame
2: them, but most of the people that are going to want to buy that game are closer to our age.
0: Yeah. I mean, but I think, I think the, the issue is cause like I've seen images with like Britt Baker with the blood and stuff like that. Right, right. There is a lot of blood in the match. But I think the more concerning part is like, we're WWE. We're like, the stain will stay on the ring for a little bit, but then disappear. I don't think it toes with AEW.
1: It doesn't. And no. that's what I
0: think. And that's what I think is becoming the issue. So now they're probably going back and coding it to where that it take, like the blood like dissipates and disappears after a while, which okay. I've always kind of hated, but like with the WWE games, like when it kind of fades away, like I'm, I'm happy that at least it stays on the map for a little bit type deal. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, and I I can almost understand that because as much as most of the people that are going to buy the game are our age, there are going to be younger kids playing, and I'm I'm sure parents aren't going to want like a, a blood covered ring, you know, in front of their child on a video game. So I I get that to an extent. Then I also um, wonder
1: if it has anything to do with the intergender matches.
2: That, and I've also heard that a part of it has to do with the blood in the women's matches specifically because right. if you've noticed throughout the years even when blood is on in a WWE video game if you do a women's match they don't bleed no and AEW from what i have read and what i've heard has not gone that route and has also given their female competitors um the option to bleed in the video game so
1: i have seen screenshots of Thunder Rosa and, and Britt bleeding so yeah so I guess, maybe,
2: uh, maybe their theory is that like I don't know, domestic violence stuff or something. I don't know. Uh, Just let them make a fucking game.
1: By the way, when this game does come out, it'll be completely outdated because they changed the whole look of dynamite. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, this game is supposed to be expected to be one that they can keep updating over the years, though. So they'll probably (laughs) eventually... (laughs) huh? every well, three years so here's the thing though it sounds like that the game's been actually done for a while they just got caught up in this ratings thing so it's it doesn't even sound like it's really so much on AEW as it has just been a waiting game so right. I feel like once the game's up and running they're going to be able to provide updates at a, a steadier pace than what we actually had to wait for the game and I'll, I'm sure a new AEW um, arena will come into play and everything like that just like they added NXT 2.0 to 2k22
0: we'll we'll see when the game comes out well you know while we're on the top of video games wwe 2k23 just made its huge announcements (laughs) john cena makes the cover so it's a blank cover all three different variations
1: i was gonna say i didn't see anyone on the cover
0: i didn't it was just i saw yeah it looked cool though
2: i saw a backwards cap and a chain in the middle
0: There we go. That was it. You know, um, and we saw early photos of the game. They also made some, like, announcements towards the game. And I think the biggest announcement that came out of it was the 3v3 and the 4v4. War (laughs) games! Thank you. That was good. Thank you.
2: I am excited for this game, dude. It's I I've been reading a lot of what the developers have been saying as far as the war games match the past couple days. And from what Justin has told me as well, Justin and I have done a decent amount of research on this war games match for this game. And um, the, the fact that you have the ability to die from ring to ring, you have the ability to fight in between the ring. I'm assuming that if you get up to the top of the cage, you can probably scoot from one side to the other to jump off of whatever, um, you know, We'll jump on to whatever ring you want. What That'll be seen once we get a release on the game. Um, I, I'm Lee and I have always been very um, biased when it comes to the Elimination Chamber match and the WWE 2K franchise. It's what we always play when we go over, when I go over to his house, we play 2K. The first thing we turn on when we sit down is an Elimination Chamber match.
1: However, this might become my new favorite if it is actually if you can play it well. Oh, I'm the first match I'm playing when this game comes out
0: is War Games.
2: Oh, yeah. It's not even a question.
0: The first first match I'm trying. Um, The only concerns I have so far with the game. One. Will they have fixed Hell in a Cell where you can do more outside in between the ring and the cage? Because earlier games, during its predecessors, you could do all sorts of stuff. Now you can only do a couple, like a kick and a punch. No real moves like you used to be able to. There's not a lot of like wiggle room between the ring and the cage like they used to have in the older uh, WWE games.
2: Yeah, like no matter what way you hit them, it always defaults to one specific like um, knee jerk to the stomach, head behind the neck yeah. thing. and Or you can throw them into the cell wall.
0: Yeah, but like you used to be able to run, you used to be able to do moves, you know, you could, you still... could jump off
2: the turnbuckle.
0: Yeah, you know, now like you really can't do any of that too. Uh, with the elimination chamber match, I would like to be able to do finishing moves off the top of the pods again. You know, yeah, because... that, that
2: one pissed me off.
0: Yeah, because like there's nothing cooler than being Rob Van Dam. And hitting a five-star frog splash off the top of the pot onto some poor, poor soul like uh,
1: Johnny lord The
2: poor soul is usually
1: me.
0: People power.
1: It's only not cool when uh, you crush Triple H's windpipe.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know. So, the images look great. I, I don't know what console those were for, or, or if it was PC It really looked more like it was uh, like video type image that they always do, you know, where the graphics look a little different, you know, you know, as opposed to the video, but still looked phenomenal. I cannot wait.
2: I have one problem with the game. Oh boy! I don't think they need to pick John Cena as the cover star this year, and I'm not saying that as an anti-Cena standpoint. You have. So many superstars that have gained stardom in the past year or two that were worthy of that cover. I would have given Cody Rhodes the option, even though he hasn't been there super long, just because of the amount of fandom he has. I would have given Sami Zayn the option because of his popularity. I would have given Kevin Owens or Drew McIntyre. Or my been. number... Drew would have been a good one, but my number one pick who I personally, was my favorite that I wanted to see on the cover this year would have been Bianca Belair.
1: Oh, I didn't think about that.
2: I think she's head over toes, put the most work in in the company, other than probably Sammy or Roman in the past year. And I think that would have been a great female talent to put on the cover of the video game.
1: Okay, I'm I'm with with Alex on that one.
0: I'm going to hit you with a little uh, theory of mine here. And not Austin theory, if you will.
1: Okay, good. I was gonna ask you to specify
0: that. You're welcome. Um what if what if two K Games goes back to what like THQ was was doing? Getting on the cover puts you in the hall. What if this is seen as because the game's coming out March seventeenth? Just a few short weeks before WrestleMania, where's uh, WrestleMania? I don't,
2: I don't think Cena's going in the Hall this year.
1: No, I, I, I don't think Cena's done. That's the only reason I wouldn't say that.
0: So, it's just, just a theory. It is just a good theory. theory, and yes, Justin, I agree. I know that he's not done wrestling because there's a rumor of him facing Theory.
2: Austin. Hey, Rick Flair. Rick Flair wasn't done when he got put in the Hall.
0: <laughs> Far from also done. True. Yeah. And he wants to wrestle again. Can you imagine that?
2: I'm not even talking about his post-wrestling career. I mean, he was still technically a wrestler at the time that they announced it. They just didn't it, know yeah. he was retiring, yet. Kurt
1: went Kurt went in the Hall of Fame too and he still wrestled quite a bit afterwards. I know Kurt wasn't even retired.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, no, that that would be cool. I just I think there's a lot more that could have been done with the cover this year. Honestly, another good one would have been to do um like a solid graphically edited shot of the entire bloodline yes and put I'm... it right on the cover with them doing the
1: the ones to the sky i i understand if you can't get like solo and sammy in there but if you could get like the usos and Heyman and roman i think that would have been perfect yeah
2: like just because like whether you love the bloodline or hate them their their entrance is just so fucking dope when they all come out together right
1: when yeah. when that music hits you shut up and listen like Who'd have ever thought that we'd be saying that about a faction led by Roman Reigns? Right.
2: (laughs) But like my favorite thing on TV constantly considerably every week I tune in for if I only tune in for one segment of wrestling a week, it's the Roman Reigns segment every time.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, you know, so far we just brought up a bunch of WWE names and so far a lot if not all of those names, were on Raw XXX. How naughty. Ooh. Getting kinky up in here, but speaking of that...
1: Yeah, I usually skip past that part. I just want to point out, every, anyone listening to this right now, please do not Google Raw is XXX. Uh, only a few WWE images will pop up, and I don't know if you want to see the rest.
0: But speaking of that, Justin... Our Perch Correspondent was at WWE Raw, the 30th anniversary. Justin, the floor is yours. Tell us about the whole experience, what it was like. Take it away.
1: Yeah, man. So going in, yeah, obviously you guys know I was just so fucking hyped up. 100th show in my lifetime. Not going to lie, kind of getting off the highway and pulling into the Parking lot of the building, it was, you know, some feelings were there. Uh, just having that in the back of my head, yep, uh, you feel me, Lee. You feel me. Um, so as you guys know, uh, there were some exclusive merch items as well. Uh, they had two, uh, raw 30 t shirts, the I was their shirts, they had a raw 30 hoodie that uh, I kind of wish that I got, but I'll just grab from Davey Shop, I'll be honest. Uh, and then they had three exclusive replica belts. Now, if you've seen these Signature Series titles on WB Shop, you know what these kind of look like. But these were only available at the building. So they created a separate title for pretty much each different generation of Raw. The first one was the Winged Eagle. And it had a strap that was similar to the Neon entrance set, if you recall that. The second one was the Attitude Era. So you had the big eagle Eagle center plate with the side plates. And the best way to describe the strap, it was kind of, you know, it was rough, jagged, like it had, not like spray paint, but it had like the Attitude Era logo, the Raw is War logo, all that good stuff. Scratch logo and everything. And the third one, which was probably the least liked out of the three, was the Spinner. And it had like, If you remember the 2002 Raw raw graphics, where it was like, you know, the sparks and the little metal uh, edging and everything. But all three of them were really cool, all priced at $750 each. And I was feeling special the other night, and I decided to grab the Winged Eagle Championship. Which is sitting proudly at my feet right now, and I can't stop looking at it. Uh, Don't regret it, love that it's here.
2: Justin hasn't stopped looking at it, and also his pants haven't been on the entire show.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) But anyway, uh, we'll get into the show. So I will say, and I don't know how you guys felt, but I think this was the best first hour of Raw that we've had in a long, long time. Uh, We started with the... The Bloodline segment, which, if you remember, was supposed to be the Bloodline Acknowledgement Ceremony, and that was scrapped. Uh, Speculate on why you believe it was scrapped. I have my, you know, my theory, my Austin theory. And it was scrapped for the trial, the tribal court of Sami Zayn, uh, based off the events of last Friday night on SmackDown. Where Kevin Owens pretty much left Roman Reigns laying, and Sami Zayn did nothing.
2: Well, Justin, before you continue, there's actually been a little bit more on why the original segment got canceled. Um, one of one of the members of the Anoa'i family like wasn't able to make it for one reason or another. But then the um, the other reason that I think is the biggest reason is that it was noted that Rikishi was sick last week. Um, that, he yeah. he's gone on to say it himself. That was the reason he wasn't able to make it to the show. To speculate on whatever sickness it was. But then I was on Facebook personally earlier today, and Rikishi actually made a post on his personal Facebook talking about how he had some things that he needs to air about the Bloodline in particular and Sami Zayn. So um, and, and it, the, the post seemed more like he was in character rather than shooting. So I I I would lead to believe that it had to Rikishi had to have been involved heavily in that segment some way or somehow,
1: right? Which but...
2: like haven't gotten to see a, a a segment with Rikishi that involved in fucking twenty years and the man goes and gets sick and we don't even get to see it,
1: right? Maybe next time, Keish. Maybe next time, but I uh, love Rikishi, as you said, uh, the bloodline. Nine times out of ten has the best segment every show, whether it be Raw or SmackDown. This was no different. Uh you had Paul Heyman literally telling Sammy Zayn he wishes he was dead. That, that was interesting.
2: Yeah, the fact that he was allowed to straight up say that on television. Okay.
1: <laughs> even even in the building, I'm like, that's a little rough, man. <laughs> but... Especially
2: considering that he was just telling Roman on SmackDown the week before that maybe it's better to have Sammy on the inside of the castle pissing outside that on the outside pissing in he was praising him the right. week before it shows up on monday and he's like
1: kill yourself right very very interesting <laughs> very interesting change of pace for paul Heyman. paul Heyman's going through some bipolar disorder right now um but you know segment went they showed a few different clips over the last year of you know Sami Zayn either talking to Ke- someone like kevin owens and you know lying about it or Running away uh, while the bloodlines getting their ass kicked. Uh, stuff like that. It, then it came to the point where Sami Zayn was asked if he had a defense for all this. He said he did not. The tribal chief was not happy about that. And he pretty much told Solo, take him out. But before Solo could do it, Jey Uso, of all people, steps in. Main event J. Main event J. Main event Jey Uso. Bro, let's let's just talk
2: about the quality storytelling that we've got going on right here. Right, this is a sub story of the Bloodline story as a whole that has been going on since when around did Sammy start hanging around with the Bloodline? About like a
1: year, about a year ago, like right cause... after WrestleMania.
2: Yeah, like right after WrestleMania, and him and Jay Uso had problems not too far after that whole thing got involved. So this is almost a year worth of storytelling and progress on WWE's part. Seldomly uh, in in modern era, have we seen WWE plan, not necessarily plan, because who knows if they plan this, because you couldn't have planned the popularity that Sami Zayn has uptaken lately. But you don't see them continue on with storyline continuity for as long as we've seen with this whole entire story between Sami Zayn and Jeyu. So you want from him not being able to stand him to that being, like, his best
1: friend. Right. Yep, but Jay stepped in, he stopped Solo Sokoa from giving Sami Zayn the Samoan spike, and Jay had prepared a defense for Sami Zayn, and he showed all these clips of Sami playing Roman's music to distract people like Riddle, uh, stepping in and taking a Claymore kick or a chair shot, pushing the other member of the bloodline out of the way. You know, winning the War Games match for the Bloodline at Survivor Series, just everything that could help Sami Zayn was shown here, all because of main event Jey Uso. And the verdict was that Sami Zayn was not guilty, for now. For now, will it find out his true loyalty at the Royal Rumble, per the Tribal Chief. I gotta say, this is probably the most excited I've been for a Royal Rumble pay-per-view in
2: probably like a decade.
1: Yeah, it's got a lot of good stuff going into it. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into the Rumble in a bit. Yeah. But uh, following that, we had the Judgment Day facing the Usos for the Raw Tag Team titles. Yes, the Raw Tag Team titles, not the Undisputed WB Tag Team titles, because... Triple H has decided he wants to, these titles to be defended separately, which I I agree with. And I was kind of surprised coming out of this, because the Judgment Day, I thought, had the best chance of being the ones to beat the Usos since... I don't even know when. It's probably within the last year. Uh, I usually just expect the Usos to win, <laughs> win all these scenarios, but... Uh, you know, they, they've been on a hot act on Raw recently, the Judgment Day, with... Ex-con Dom and mommy. But uh it was not their night here. Uh Jay or excuse me, Jimmy Uso uh kind of went splat on the mat up to the outside. And he couldn't continue the match. Adam Pierce then gave the decision to, you know, you want Sammy Zayn to substitute for Jimmy. I did it for the judgment day. That's cool. So Sammy goes in there, he's officially a Sammy Uso now. And he hit, hits the 1D with Jey Uso, and they retain the titles for the Uso's. Uh, great moment. Great moment. I cannot believe I'm saying this, but I
2: absolutely love everything that the Judgment Day does now on WWE television. I, I have also turned a corner on the Judgment Day. I hated them for so long, but it's such a weird concept in wrestling. When you realize that you're not getting over with your with the crowd and you just start doing funny shit that basically makes you become a meme instant popularity with the crowd that's what happened with this Sami Zayn heel turn run that he's had he basically turned himself into a laughing stock meme like joke and then from there on the internet fan base is like i love memes fuck yeah i'm on board the judgment day did the same thing Sami Zayn did and i never thought i'd fucking say this i love what Dominic Mysterio is doing right
1: now. Bro, same here. I was just about to bring that up. I gave, I've given Dominic shit for so long, at least, oh, at least two and a half years now. Mm-hmm. I've wanted Samoa Joe to choke him out so bad when him and Ray were feuding. So bad. And it never happened, which always disappointed me. But um, there's a lot of disappointments in Samoa Joe's debut around that. I, I It still pisses me off to think about it to this day. Both of them. Yeah. Yep. But uh you know, even when they did this heel turn and send him the judgment day, I wasn't too wasn't too big on it. But XCON Dom It's is fucking hilarious. hilarious. It's Dude. fucking great. Lee, I know you don't
2: watch right now, so that's probably why you wouldn't get it. Um if if you pay attention to some of it now, it's it's the fact that Dom knows that people thought the original heel turn and like his shit sucked, he knows that. And so he's using it to basically kind of make more of a joke of himself. And it's actually coming across very entertaining.
0: I know what it is. Um, Like, I've seen clips. I don't know. I just... I don't find it funny. I guess I don't know. I don't... Oh
1: come on! I see that. I see that smirk on your face. There's something it, there. It's all right. Uh, Justin. It's... Justin Lee has
2: the capability to come around on things, though. He put hate on Seth Rollins' name for like a decade, and now is a fucking Seth Rollins stan. It's
0: just it's the current gimmick, man. It's the current gimmick. What yeah,
2: is... th- that's that's what it is with me and Dominic. That right. is why I like that, like the ExCon Dom, and the fact that he, you know, what I love that's actually kind of classy about it is that he's very clearly paying homage to Conan as well, with right. the with the flannel that he wears with just the top button. That is cool as hell because it's it's not very often that you hear or see
1: Conan ever mentioned on WWE television. Right. Well, you know, so, I think the big issue with Dominic for like the longest time is they put him with Ray, and he was his tag team partner. You know, he was just. He was just Ray's son. Like, there wasn't mm-hmm. a whole lot to him. He just comes out smiling. His dad hops on his back and they walk to the ring sometimes. Uh, Which I
2: always thought was
0: kind of weird. Yeah. Like, uh, it
2: wasn't weird. just a little bit. Watch me, watch me carry my dad, guys.
0: Feeling his dad's wiener on his back on the way to the ring.
2: Yeah, no, it's a little strange. But honestly, I'm enjoying Dominic on television more right now than I'm enjoying Ray.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ray's not really doing a whole lot since he moved over to SmackDown. He's in that feud with Karrion Cross, but... Kind of. Yeah, it's, it's on and off from week to week, it seems like, but... Uh, following that, we had another great segment. We come back from commercial, LA Knight is in the ring. Yeah! You know why he was in the ring? Because whose game is it? It's LA Knight's game. Yeah! Yeah. But anyway... He's uh he's hyping up his match with Bray Wyatt at the Royal Rumble this weekend. Talking about the Mountain Dew pitch black match, which we still don't know what the fucking rules are to that thing. Um but you know he says any but any legend from Raw's history can come out here and they can they can start a fight with LA Knight and he will put them right down. So then we get the gong, and you know that's the Undertaker. Get the gong three times, but then it switches. And for the first time in almost 20 years, we officially get the American badass, the Undertaker, on television, and this was, uh, it, it's definitely between the Bloodline stuff and this segment, where, where it was just the best part of Raw. Uh, you know, Taker comes out, LA Knight gets out of the ring, and then Bray's music hits. Bray appears behind LA Knight, he kind of backs him back up into the ring. Taker goes to give Elinite the choke slam, but then he just kind of froze to Bray and he gives him Sister Abigail. Taker and Bray have a little bit of a face-off, and Taker rides off into the sunset once again on his motorcycle. Uh somebody can make the argument like this is, you know, burying LA Knight, even though I feel like that word's just overused at this point. But I mean, hey, it's it's the fucking Undertaker and Bray Wyatt. It's not it's not some fucking you know legend who can't even take a bump at this point uh but interestingly enough taker did not take one bump in this segment at all like he well, didn't even slam la Knight.
2: yeah and well it's 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 interesting that people think of it as, as burying la Knight too because biggest issue most people saw in past raw reunions raw anniversaries what have you was usually that the legends themselves were beating the hell out of up and coming talent, current talent on the roster, like when DX um beat the hell out of the revival, um, Heath Slater getting buried by a bunch of different legends. Um, just a few examples. But this one was different because it wasn't necessarily LA Knight being beaten the hell out of by the Undertaker. The Undertaker just handed him off to a current star. And that right. seemed to be the theme of the show, too, because we also saw, um, and you'll end up talking about this, the the um the situation with Imperium later on in the show, um, same idea. Right. They didn't. They didn't have the legends beat the hell out of the up and coming talent this time for this show. So that that was a nice touch that they they used it more to progress. They used the legends as props to progress current storylines, which is what the business always should be.
0: Right. I will and... say this. Hold on. I will say this. Go ahead. I can appreciate the spot with LA Knight in The Undertaker a little more after I had done some research uh, to find out that Percy Pringle once managed Eli Drake. Now, if you don't know who Percy Pringle is, ladies and gentlemen, that was the previous gimmick of Paul Bearer. I hear someone
2: know- I hear someone on the show knows his uh his impersonation pretty well.
0: And if you don't know Eli Drake, well, that was Eli Knight's persona before LA Knight. So for me, it was kind of like a cool little uh, tribute there between the two. Uh, they both had the same manager, which I thought was just a really neat little tidbit to add to that to that segment, which uh, I think if WWE might have known that, and if they did know that, I think that would have been a great thing for commentary to bring up.
1: Oh, yes! Oh, whose game is an Undertaker? It's a Ray Nights game! Yeah! Oh, That was incredible. I took a bow. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, Alex, I know you want to talk a little bit about this. The next segment was the steel cage match or what was supposed to be the steel cage match with Becky Lynch and Bailey, which it was more of a beatdown, and the match did not end up happening. Yeah, so everyone's bitching
2: about this segment and how, you know, we paid so much attention to the legends on the show. And that the females essentially got shafted in the situation because their segment got cut short. And the supposed reasoning for the segment getting cut short was that the opening segment with the bloodline ran a little longer than it was supposed to. So here's what I'm going to say. Um, You know, they're talking about how WWE has never paid attention to the women in their history, which used to be true. Um, it, it used to be true, and these women would only get three, four, five-minute matches. But since the women's evolution started years back, that really hasn't been the case anymore. We really haven't dealt with that as much as we have in you know, like the Attitude Era, the Ruthless Aggression Era. Things have been a lot different in the more modern era. We get one segment where the, a women's segment gets cut short, and everybody loses their mind. Let, this is where I'm going to start. We're on the road to WrestleMania. It's WrestleMania season officially, basically once the new year starts. This happens to not just the women, but everybody around WrestleMania season, because your major concern must be whatever your planned main event of the show is, because that is what is going to make you the most money. That's what you want to market the most. And that's what you want to put the most effort into. That currently is going to be whatever Roman Reigns is doing. Uh, The bloodline is the top segment, top act in all of WWE right now. Just so happens to be them. He had a show where a bunch of other legends were playing, so these people were probably already paid to show up, already probably already paid to be on television, so you have to get them that spot. It's unfortunate that the women's match got cut short, but they have to call audibles in WWE all the time. Let's roll back to WrestleMania 35, where um, you know anything with Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte in it, was getting more television time than anything else on TV. Seth Rollins faced Brock Lesnar in the opening match in a match that was like five minutes long for the Universal Championship, so that way they could make sure that they had ample time for the main event for Ronda, Charlotte, and Becky. So the women were the focal point that year, and they had the most time. A world title match ended up being shorter than it should have because of that. That is one example. Let's go back to, uh, I believe it was WrestleMania 28. John Cena physically cut time from his own match. So Brodus Clay could go and have a moment at WrestleMania. So yes, it, it sucks that it happened to be the women's match that got cut short, but they didn't completely like disregard the program that was going on. They, they had damage control, do a beat down on Becky Lynch, to keep the storyline going. It's not like they lost any heat on the storyline. They can still continue. They can use it to make something better, which I'm sure they will at either the Royal Rumble or Elimination Chamber. So to everybody that's whining about this segment getting cut short, just realize that it happens all the time around WrestleMania season. It sucks, but like it, it's not just the women that are prone to this. Quit bitching. Right. It's Becky Lynch and Bailey. They'll be just fine.
0: It's like, Justin, yeah. you were there. Ha, ha, the fact that you were there watching that, like, how did you feel watching the beatdown, realizing you weren't getting a Steel Cage match?
1: You know, I kind it, like, of figured it would be one of those scenarios where, you know, they do the beatdown, go to commercial, Becky Lynch gets on the mic when they get back, and they're like, hey, you know, we're still supposed to have this steel cage match and then they do the match. That's kind of what was in my head the whole time as I was kind of sitting there watching this. Yeah. And then it just happened. Like, they raised the cage up and that was the next segment.
0: So, as a fan, myself, you advertise a cage match free on television, basically. It could have been anybody, and I'm going to be mad about it realistically i'm gonna be mad about it no matter like for that to happen but there's also that sense to a degree that you know there wasn't a lot of women interaction on raw 30 Uh, another thing i noticed that people complained about was the lack of women legends for raw 30 and my only answer to that is well, the Royal Rumble Saturday, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where they're being saved for. So, like, Alundra Blaze's 60 or 61, yeah, she's not getting in the ring. So, exactly. it made perfect sense to have her have a spot for Raw 30.
2: Like, why use the pop on Raw 30 when you can use it at a pay-per-view, you know, less than a week later?
0: Right. Yeah, so um i can understand people bitching i really can i would have bitched no matter what no matter what the match was because you're advertising a steel cage match i'm expecting a steel cage match because when wwe does a steel cage match you know you at least know you're seeing people get thrown into it um possibly the door gets slammed on somebody Someone, you know, all the different theatrics of, hey, the person's trying to climb over and I stop it, you know, a big suplex comes out of it or like a powerbomb off the top rope moves like that, that we've seen that, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good pop for a regular match. But when you see it done like that, it's, it's a whole new level of enthusiasm that we get while watching. So having that happen sucked. 100% and I can can understand why everybody was upset but the ratings were great for the show overall what the hell is there to complain about at that point realistically it was all I
2: I guess um, I guess for me it was more uh, from a standpoint of somebody watching at home didn't mind the cage match not happening so much but I would understand you being upset if you're in the crowd and you were there to experience a steel cage match live possibly for the first time so right. I, I, I can understand that from a standpoint I guess my train of thought just comes from the fact that it's a well known fact that audibles have to happen occasionally in pro wrestling it's it's a fact of life and that is just a fact of life yeah
1: well we're we're time traveling here that's for sure uh, I feel bad for the production crew that had to, you know, put this fucking steel cage together all day, and that it was used for practically no reason. Uh, and then they had and, to take it down. You know, right. And, you know, if it were up to me, I probably wouldn't have cut time from this match. I probably would have just said, oh, fuck the Bianca-Sonya match that happened later on in the show. You know, just n- no point in the match. It doesn't really do anything for anyone. Uh, just have Charlotte and Bianca beat her down, because that was that was the point of the whole fucking thing, to be or, honest with you.
2: Or even just have Charlotte and Bianca just do a fun little segment of their own.
1: Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But I'm sure we'll get a rematch, whether it's a cage match or not. We'll, we'll get Becky and uh, Bailey for the next few weeks on Raw, I'm sure.
2: Right, and those two are pretty much bulletproof, so it's not like it's going to hurt their character at
1: all. Right. Uh. But from there, uh, I can't even remember the next segment. Let me take a look. <laughs> was it the DX segment?
0: And he was there, ladies and gentlemen.
1: <laughs> look, a lot, a lot of shit happens. What about these shows? Um, yeah, it was the DX segment. So, Degeneration X comes out for their first reunion on Raw within the last three months. <laughs> Um they re- uh, They reunite like once a
2: month on WWE television, whenever Road Dog randomly decides he's gonna show up backstage on camera.
1: Yeah, you know, well, I was there for their last reunion back in October and <laughs> Raw. So you know, you know what's even funnier? They were wearing the DX in Brooklyn reunion t-shirts in this segment. Uh so that I found funny. <laughs> but maybe you know, maybe they were
2: in on the joke.
1: Right. So DX comes out and he uh uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Road Dogg, X-Pac, and everyone's favorite member from DX, Kurt Angle? Bro, I, I gotta say, and I think
2: most of the wrestling community agrees that the DX reunions have kind of become oversaturated. Um, aside from the fact that we just had one three months ago, the ones that they've done for all these Raw reunion shows the past couple years, it's it's been the same old DX shtick every time. And, you know, they're one of the few acts where like they're one of the few legends acts for me that kind of became stale, um, whether it be because, you know, we've still been prone to seeing um, Road Dogg, Shawn Michaels and Triple H on different del- WWE television products over the past couple years, years uh, between NXT and Raw and SmackDown. Um, and, and just the fact that they they weren't doing anything different each time. But this was the first one that's actually been extremely entertaining for me since probably the reunion they did for raw 1000.
1: Yeah. And you know, they, they do this DX reunion pretty much at least once a year since raw 1000. If you really look at it probably even earlier than that, to be honest with you, because
2: well, no, because, uh, road dog and, um, Billy Gunn were in TNA before that.
1: Yeah. But even still, they were doing it with triple H and Sean at least once a year. That's fair. Yeah. But, um, Yeah, Kurt Angle was here. He played the role of badass Billy Gunn. Uh, Kurt Angle, a true legend after this night. A member of both D-Generation X and The Shield in his career. Only two people to do that.
2: Kurt Angle
1: and Triple H. (laughs) Right. Oh, I forgot about Triple H and The Shield. That's right. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. forgot about that one. I mean, you
2: could almost count Seth Rollins if you count that one DX uh, reunion that they did where they beat the hell out of the OC
1: yeah I, I, that's a stretch though <laughs> i
2: mean he said if you're not down with that we got two words for you yeah so, but, who knows yeah. but bro the 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 chemistry that kurt angle has with both triple h and road dog is absolutely
1: hilarious a hundred percent
2: well i mean obviously he he's worked with both of those men um extensively not sean michaels as much but Triple H obviously in WWE, and then he got to work with you know Road Dogg, BG James, and TNA quite a bit as well. So uh, the fact that they want to do the badass, and then it's just Kurt just standing there like, right? <laughs>
1: Kurt, Ooh, love it. Uh, Kurt Angle is one of the best comedy characters of all time. Jimmy Crack Corn, and I don't care. Love that man. Um, but
2: then then the fact that when when. Uh, Imperium came out as you were probably going to bring up next. Yep. Um, they come out and interrupt and they, they all do this shtick of, Oh, I'm retired. I'm retired. I'm too damn old. Road dog goes, he goes, well, matter of fact, he goes, who am I kidding? I'm not going to fight you. And then they, they do, they do the group huddle that they've done at the past couple of robbery. It's just like
1: I'll fight. you?" I also love how he called Kurt Butterbean. No, he was talking to road dog. Oh, he was talking to Road Dogg. I yeah, because not gonna hurt. <laughs> No, it was right after
2: Road Dog said, "Oh, I'm not going to fight him." But he said, "Calm down, Butterbean," and he smacked oh, him I'm on the on. he smacked him on the stomach. That's I... like Bully Ray calling Tommy Dreamer fat. Funny.
1: Oh, and you can watch that on Impact Wrestling every every Thursday. But I, I digress.
2: Yeah, are you sure we're not still in like the mid 2000s, early 90s? Like Impact has like to- a Tommy Dreamer, Bully Ray rivalry going on and then we've got dx
1: out here with card angle like are we in the attitude era again it's a time machine that's what it is but um you know from there dx kind of goes man i wish we had somebody to fight you guys and seth frickin rollins comes out and they said well now at least we have one person now we just need two more and you get the street profits so guess what you have three on three we just need somebody to make this match official and it's not the head booker Triple H. Teddy Long comes out, and he announces that it's going to be Imperium versus Seth freaking Rollins and the Street Profits in a six-man tag team match. Player, so you have a sixteen, or excuse me, sixteen. Jesus Christ, six six-man tag team match set, and they just need a referee. Thankfully, Kurt brought a lot of a lot of uh, coverage since it was very cold in uh, Philadelphia that night. And he had an extra referee shirt on underneath, which I I liked the little uh, striped red, white, and blue that he had going on. Oh, yeah, that was dope. That was cool. I like that. Uh, So he had a six-man tag, pretty good. Uh, Pretty much, uh, you know, if you've ever been to, like, a live event or a house show, it's definitely one of those kind of matches to send the crowd home home happy. Uh, Seth Rollins and the Street Profits get the win. And then we have the Charlotte, uh, Bianca, Sonya Deville segment that I talked about earlier. Uh, again, not much to say. Sonya comes out. Sonya and Bianca have a match. Bianca beats Sonya. Didn't expect anything else. Uh, then Alexa comes on the screen, does her spooky shit, uh, you know, with Bray Wyatt and everything. I don't even know what the fuck's going on with that. So Bianca and Alexa are facing each other at the pay-per-view. That, that's pretty much what this whole segment was um back to the dx thing for a minute
2: i just i'm gonna stand by the fact that teddy long has one of the dopest theme songs of all
1: time slaps to this day you know it's the mac militant okay i mean get it all yeah <laughs> <laughs> one day we got to have teddy long come out in a referee shirt that'll be a real throwback bro what if in this segment he could and have kurt been a Ang- referee i know
2: if kurt angle had not been involved he comes out and makes a match and triple h goes oh i wish we had a referee and tad just takes his jacket off and has one of his old school ref uniforms on under
1: oh man i didn't think about that oh shit that would have
2: gotten such a pop from the old school fans that knew him as a referee before he was on screen character
1: right oh man i kind of wish they did that now <sighs> missed opportunities But uh, we get to the main event. No disqualification match for the United States Championship. Austin Fury defending against Bobby Lashley. Uh, Pretty much what you would expect. Bobby Lashley pretty much kicks the shit out of him for the most part. Not a a complete squash, but, you know, Fury has his little comebacks in between. Uh, Fun main event. It comes to an end when we get the Beast Incarnate Brock. No, not Purdy from the 49ers brock lesnar makes his return to monday night raw and he lays out lashley an f5 he then picks up austin fury gives him an f5 fury lands on lashley in a pinning position and austin fury retains the united states champion and this is the setup to the next match with brock lesnar and bobby lashley which i assume will be taking place at wrestlemania
2: I would also assume that this is going to more so involve the Hurt Business reuniting as well. Oh, definitely. Um, You know, they've already shown signs of it on television, but now that the fact that they're going to be like, well, you need, Bobby's going to need backup because he's facing Brock Lesnar and, you know, Brock Lesnar keeps attacking him, you know, when he's not expecting it. So I I definitely see the Hurt Business getting involved with this a lot more. I think this also puts to bed the rumors of Gunther possibly facing Brock Lesnar, at WrestleMania yeah. for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, I personally think after the Raw 30th anniversary show that the man currently on the front of my shirt after that lovely segment that we had seems to be a good fit to face Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship, especially considering that it seems like Seth Rollins has kind of undergone a uh, an official face turn now. And that also, in my opinion... I think that
1: means that things with him and Cody Rhodes are done. I don't think they're a hundred percent done yet. And I'll get into that later. Yeah. But, uh, I, I still think it should be Seamus facing Gunter at WrestleMania and winning that intercontinental title. Finally. That'd be nice.
0: Very interesting. Raw was, uh, very, very enjoyable. Uh, the legends, uh, for shows like this in my eyes are what really make the show. And and this the way they use the legends compared to when they've used legends in the past for these shows was done tastefully done. Correct. And you also can't help but think uh, since he's now a legend himself, that triple H might have a big part of that because you know, back in the day under Vince McMahon, you know, we watched legends like Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, Mark Henry, Big Show have lights out. Next thing you know, they're all decimated. Things like that, you know, I don't like seeing that or like the newer talent belittling the legends on, you know, on Raw, you know, for the, the special shows and things like that. This was an awesome, awesome, awesome way to do raw XXX. I'm just kind of shocked that they didn't, you know, try and reunite Edge and Lita for a little uh, bedroom romance, if you will.
2: Well, I think that's mainly because they're also saving Edge's return, probably for the Rumble. I, I feel like if he was on TV more around this time, it, it could have been possible, but. And also. Alita's probably going to be in the Royal Rumble, too, if we're being honest.
1: Yeah, because was... Alita was originally penciled in for this show, if we remember. And yep. just wasn't there. <laughs> so, I'm yeah.
2: no that. Bellas. Yep. Well, we know why the Bell- the Bellas, that ended up being, as you guys know, uh, they ended up going live. Was it on Instagram? Yep. Um, was it the night of the show or the day after? I can't
1: remember. It was definitely the night of, because I woke up to it the next morning.
2: Yeah, and so their reasoning for pulling out of the show which is funny because they said they pulled out of the show. And now there's uh, reports saying that WWE pulled them from the show. Kind of seems like it came down to more of a disagreement with them because of the fact of WWE uh, refusing to acknowledge the fact of, of those women like Mercedes Monet, uh, formerly known as Sasha Banks, or Soraya, formerly known as Paige. I don't think the, the Sasha Banks thing is too much of a big deal because, like, she just left the company. There's probably, like... I don't know. I feel like you're bringing up, it can almost be disrespectful to Sasha herself to, to now you want to do something with her now that she's gone that in the TV package that they've played leading up to raw 30, where they had the tapes going in and playing on the TV screen. They showed an image of Sasha Banks winning the raw women's championship from Sasha, from uh, Charlotte Flair. So it's not like they completely boned her out of Raw's 30, uh, 30 year history. Right. And, And Paige or Soraya, I mean, she hasn't been, she wasn't, hadn't been like factored in as a notable person on television, WWE for a long time before she left. So I don't know. I'm not trying to sound sexist at all. I just think there's certain reasons that they do certain things. And I don't think that this means that they're not going to be mentioned in the future.
1: Right. I think it was a little more. Uh, I'm hesitant on saying this, but I feel like it was a little bitterness on the Bella Twins end, Because I feel like the story that they didn't have anything for the Bella Twins to do is probably true. Because it sounds like they sent the Bella Twins to do media instead of actually appearing on the show.
2: Well, I hate to say it, but Cena hasn't been around and Daniel Bryan doesn't work for the company anymore. Ooh. It was like, that was kind of their meal ticket before, after they left. I'm sorry it is what it is, but um, going back to what Lee said about how the Legends were used, I-, I liked that it was a good mix, because raw these Raw reunions always went one of two ways. Legends either completely and utterly burying current talent, or the other way around, and the talent completely humiliating the Legends. And in this case, they didn't either, and they allowed current talent to intermingle and... Um, progress them while also paying homage to all the legends that made Raw what it was so I, I think if they do these shows in the future they should kind of program them a little bit and produce them a little bit more the way that they did this past Monday definitely that's all I have to say about that
0: right on well let's end the note and the show with the Royal Rumble predictions. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna play a game here, folks.
1: Oh shit. I guess.
0: <clears throat> so for the fans listening, uh, this will be a facebook.com slash perched on the top rope exclusive. So after you listen to our predictions on our post for the show, post your predictions in the comment section and tell who you agree with between Justin, myself, and Alex on who is going to win the Men's Royal Rumble and the Women's Royal Rumble. So you kind of get two chances to win, but the first person who comments and gets the the right person who wins, you know, out of the three of us, we... We'll send you an autographed WWE elite. It's going to be random. And some of the names that are in there include Heath Slater, Booker T, WWE producer Tyson Kidd, Wendy Richter. Those are just a few of the names. Uh, there's also Virgil, WWE legend. So fans, yes. make sure after you go comment on Facebook.com slash Perched on the Top Rope, you'll see the post because it'll say Royal Rumble predictions. It'll be the first thing on the top. Pick who you think Pick the right predictions and good luck
2: so question on this game then if somebody if you have a prediction picked and somebody before you picks them you basically go with your next pick your second best pick so we're not voting for the same person
0: um so basically what i'm gonna do is the the per the, the person who per, like comments first the right prediction wins you have to be the first comment that's right
2: we're oh, I thought you meant that agreed with one of us. Okay, my apologies. Well, they
0: have to agree with one of us, but they have to be right and the first to comment being right with us. Damn, you that's a
2: I mean. lot of rules. What if all of us are wrong? Nobody
1: wins. <laughs> well,
0: then, sadly, nobody wins, and we'll. I'm going to put a newspaper view. Works I'm gonna for me.
1: Scott Steiner to do a cameo to explain all the rules.
0: it's simple all you got to do is pick which one of us you think did the right prediction for the royal rumble for the men and women so it's that simple that's how you win you got to be the first to just be the first that's right in the comment section that's it
2: all right then that means the three of us none of us can pick the same person
0: pretty much
2: okay that works all righty uh lee since it was your idea you want to start us off
0: well, we're just gonna go break down the card, and then we'll get into the the Royal Rumble itself. Uh, we, okay. We can we can go that way. So Let's for the it. men's Royal Rumble, for whatever reason, there was like three top names that I'm I'm thinking, but there's so much hype. There there's all sorts of rumors out there. Rock says he's not ready for to to get in mania shape. Stone Cold's had a bunch of money thrown at him for a Mania match. They've hyped the return of Cody Rhodes. You know, and then you even just brought up some names that, you know, really we don't know what the plan is, like a Seth Rollins. Maybe even a Gunther, if he doesn't have a challenger. So... I'm looking at his name. I don't think it's his time. I don't even think he'll be in the match. But I'm going to say it in hopes that... this is what happens. I'm going to say Bray Wyatt. I don't think he's in the match, though. I really don't think he's going to be in it. Um... I'm just going with Wyatt because I think it would be a great swerve from a couple of the names that I just brought up that are like heavily favored to, you know, be part of it. So I'm going to say Bray Wyatt. For the women, there's only been like a few people announced. There's like what, 20 plus spots still open, right? Uh,
1: I'm looking at it right now. Seven slots have been filled for the Women's Royal Rumble.
0: Oh my God. I don't know who the seven are, but I'm going to say Rhea Ripley. Those are my two picks. Okay.
2: Okay.
1: I like them. Justin, what do you think? Okay. For the men's, I don't think, or excuse me, I think there's only one way to go with this. We've heard the rumors about you know Stone Cold getting a big money offer to come face Roman Reigns. It wouldn't even surprise me if we see Stone Cold in this match. It really wouldn't. They're in San Antonio. Uh, Stone Cold won his first Royal Rumble in the Alamo Dome. It'd be a full circle moment if he were to come back and win. But with all the hype, it reminds me a lot of you know, 2002 when Triple H went down with the Torrent Quad and you know They played all these video packages, getting ready for him to come back, and he came back on Raw in Madison Square Garden to a massive ovation. I think it's the time, if The Rock's not ready and they're not doing this match with Rock and Roman, I think it's going to come down to Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. And we'll tie, tie the little knot in that story and that, and I think it'll be Cody Rhodes eliminating Seth Rollins to win the Royal Rumble and face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Now the question can come up if they want to do, because yeah, the, the Usos is defending their title separately now. Are they going to start doing the same thing with Roman Reigns? They could do a scenario where Cody challenges Reigns for the WB title, since that the that's the one he wants. Uh, one night of WrestleMania and then have Roman defend the title against someone else on another night of WrestleMania.
2: What if they pull the double elimination and have Seth and... Them- cody eliminate each other at the same time
1: it's possible you get one going for one
2: title one for the other
1: but even still i feel like they like cody just tossing out seth will be the perfect little ending to their uh their whole story and if they want to do like a rubber match well not even a rubber match because cody beat seth three times but you know one more match to finish that whole thing off they can but i don't think it's necessary i think this is a fine way to do it but um for the women. <laughs> hang on, let me take a look at the let me just go through the names since there's only fucking seven of them announced so far. Uh Liv Morgan, who is supposedly going to be entering at number one. I don't think that's confirmed yet, though. Uh Candice LeRae, Lorray, Rhea Ripley, Raquel Rodriguez, Shayna Baszler, Zelina Vega, and Emma. Now, you would imagine uh Becky and Bailey are gonna be shoeins for this. Uh, who else is there? I would imagine Oscar's probably going to be in it. She's been off TV for a few weeks. Uh EO and Dakota just to fill slots. Uh who the fuck else is there?
2: I'm trying to think of- the plethora of legends that are going to show up.
1: Right. Then I, I imagine I'm
2: a- L- Lita and Trish will be in the match. I'm I'm assuming
1: even though they had their issues this past week, that the Bella Twins will be in the match. I'm expecting at least one or two women from NXT since they have plenty of women in NXT right now. Jesus Christ, they had a battle royal a few year, a few weeks ago in NXT. They have also, 20, 27 active females on that roster.
0: I also feel like this is where we get the forbidden door moment again. Always going to be the women's royal rumble. I feel like that's where it would be more of a oddity as opposed to the men's. See, so there's, like-
2: a, there's a lot of people, though, that are guessing that with the Men's Royal Rumble... Uh, this time, I actually legitimately didn't mean to cut you off, Lee. I just wanted to talk specifically to you on this one. Um, there's a lot of people that have... Also thought that with him doing the talent scouting that he did um, months ago, that it's possible that we might see like Minoru Suzuki show up in the men's rumble, or even um, this one's actually been getting some talk lately with the retirement of great Muda, that Muda might actually show up for one last big, you know, huzzah at the Royal rumble as well. So WWE can kind of pay tribute to him too. Be pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Uh...
1: But I agree with Lee. I think Rhea Ripley's the shoe in to win.
2: Okay. Okay. I, I
1: just when it comes to this, I look, Bianca needs an opponent for WrestleMania. Uh the original plan was Charlotte that we heard for months and months. Charlotte is obviously the SmackDown women's champion right now. It doesn't look like they're unifying the titles. So Bianca's ran through pretty much the entire raw women's roster by now, you know? So Rhea, I think, is the next logical step in all that.
2: Okay. Well, you um, you stole my original pick for the Men's Royal Rumble match. Well, fuck off. Because that's just kind of how I thought the company was going to go. But um, I don't think Cody needs to win the Rumble, per se, to still be in the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania, especially with Elimination Chamber coming right around the corner. I'd almost rather see him an Elimination Chamber match that allows him to compete for the title and have him win that. Um, you know, Cody loves to show blood and be fucking beaten when he wins matches. So that's right up alley for his BDSM lifestyle. Um,
1: <laughs> however, you might join the Judgment Day at that point.
2: Maybe uh, more like Punishment Day. Um, sorry, didn't mean to steal your gimmick, Damian. I was
1: just about to say Punishment Martinez, too.
2: Uh, So much of a better name than Damian Priest. Anyway, um, we were talking about audibles earlier with the Raw 30 show, and I think this year's Royal Rumble is the year that we finally call an audible and we go with who everybody wants to win, who everybody is behind right now. I am going to say that the winner of Shut Up, Lee. The winner of the men's 2023 Royal Rumble is going to be Sami Zayn. I I think he's the uh, most over person in all of pro wrestling right now. And I think if you really want to give that Kofi Mania vibe, that WrestleMania 30 vibe where you got the underdog going into WrestleMania I think Sami Zayn's the man for the job. I think Cody Rhodes can still get a WWE championship match, and you have Sami Zayn fight for the Universal Championship. Um, that is if they're not already penciled in with him and KO to face the Usos. So that's where I'm going on that. As far as the women's Royal Rumble, there was a lot of speculation that Becky Lynch was the odds-on favorite this year to win. But then Charlotte Flair won the, the SmackDown women's championship. But now we have two baby face champions. Granted, Charlotte could turn heel tomorrow and nobody would be surprised. But um, I'm I'm gonna go with a heel on this match, and I'm gonna give the win to Bailey. Wow, okay, yeah, I'd like to see Bailey versus Charlotte one more time. We we never really got a good program out of that when they had Charlotte Beer for the title before.
1: Maybe, maybe we could have uh, Emma win, have a little celebration with the bubbles, get the evolution started.
2: Instead of uh instead of Pyro going off in the background, it's just thousands and millions and millions
1: of bubbles.
0: We'll dance, you know. I'd like to point out two things here. If they have Stone Cold in the Royal Rumble, as you know, they've talked about him having a big money match, as the rumors were, he would break a record in the Royal Rumble for having the most win- royal rumble wins ever with four at that point
2: he'd be breaking his own record
0: yeah breaking his own record i well, I'd be-
2: if that were to happen there's no chance anybody ever ties or beats his record
1: i wouldn't say no, no, no. chance i i right now the only person close enough to do it is randy orton If it was, like, ten years ago, I would say no chance, but there are, like, nine guys who have won at least two Rumbles now.
2: Yeah, but most of them are guys that weren't wrestling ten years ago, Justin. Yeah, you got John Cena, Batista, Randy Orton, Edge.
1: That's four right there. Hulk Hogan. Uh, Yep, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, what's he he doing these days, huh? Uh, Not getting a microphone to work, that's for sure. Yeah, he, he in Royal Rumble matches recently? Uh... In in the courtroom, maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't think that one's gonna work for us either. But
2: Shawn Michaels mm-mm, retired.
1: Hey, he he came out of retirement. Don't don't say it's out of the question. Yeah, and then he
2: walked right back into it.
1: Okay, well, you know what, Austin Theory could win four Royal Rumbles in the next decade. So, I'm you, just you, you think he's going to?
0: He could. He will not. At twenty three, he's probably like the most closest to be able to do it.
2: Yeah, probably with his age. But like, if we're talking about current wrestlers on the roster that would have the chance of getting closest the, the only option is Randy Orton and he's not going to win two more rubbles before he retires.
0: Yeah. I got to agree with that. I do. I do. That's
2: That's Austin's record for, even if he stays at three, that's Austin's record.
0: So ladies and gentlemen, in order to win the WWE signed elite, you'll have to go to facebook.com slash perched on the top rope on our predictions post, which will be posted Saturday morning, go comment in the predictions after listening to us telling you who we think will win the Men and Women's Royal Rumble. Go type in who you think predicted right. And if we win and you're the first person to get it and comment the right person, you will win the Elite. Now, if you want to win a signed eight by ten by literally anybody, uh could be me. Let's see, Kevin Nash, Tatanka, Bailey. Uh, there is a very rare three piece of the Riot Squad 8x10 in there. I just tons and I've got tons and tons of signed eight by tens. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Ivan Putsky. Uh, post your full predictions. You can also include your own for the men and women's Royal Rumble on this one to win a signed eight by 10. We will start off with the lights out match between Bray Wyatt and LA Knight.
1: Um, I just want to correct you. It's the Mountain Dew pitch black match.
0: Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I forgot that they, uh, they changed the name now that, uh, their sponsors, Tied to the matches now, which is uh, a little weird. Like instead of pyro, are they gonna get showered with Mountain Dew?
1: Hey, it's possible.
0: Will Mountain Dew be scattered like two liters with a black light underneath them as Bray Wyatt comes out?
2: And then oh, later dude. on this year, we'll get the Pepsi in the Bank match. His lit,
1: yeah. <laughs> Listen, Bray Wyatt's lantern could be like a two-liter Mountain Dew when he comes out. You never know.
0: It, you know, for, if we're gonna if we're gonna get a, a a a Pepsi in the bank match, CM Punk better be in that one. All right.
1: Listen, I want to. We we brought up that Money in the Bank is in uh, London, England later this year. Shouldn't it be Euros in the Bank? Like in, in all actuality.
0: I mean, money, money, currency is currency. I mean, it's but, all but, looked but, at as money. No,
2: you, currency in the bank.
0: Euros in the yeah, bank. currency in the bank. There we go.
2: Currency in the briefcase. Wh-
0: wherever wherever you reside. So, like, if you're... Uh...
2: Pesos in un banco.
0: Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yen in the bank. Ooh, I mm-hmm. like
2: yen in the bank.
0: You know? Yeah, so... I think this is an obvious one. It's his first match back. Bray Wyatt. I'm not even going to go into detail. I don't think there's no need for me to.
2: No, me either. Um, uh, The one thing I will say is they've been doing a good job with LA Knight at the same time. So I think he does get his shine in this match. I think he gets rubbed. uh, But Bray's not losing in his first match back. No way.
1: Especially if it's on a pay-per-view. Bray wins. Now, do we get Uncle Howdy either involvement or reveal? Or do we get Alexa involvement in this?
0: I'm going to say no to Alexa. I'm going to say yes to Uncle Howdy. 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 Howdy.
2: Yeah, because I think as much as uh, Alexa is tied to this whole turning heel because of the Bray thing, it also seems like they're trying to keep them as separate storylines. And it seems like Alexa's um, interaction is more with Howdy than it is Bray. Same with Bray, more with Howdy than Alexa. So uh, I think we get a reveal of Uncle Howdy, which I, I think more and more and more people are starting to believe, or believe, should I say, that uh, Uncle Howdy is most likely going to be revealed to be Bo Dallas. Like I fucking told you guys four months oh, ago.
0: I, I think it's Bo Dallas. Oh, it's one hundred percent Bo Dallas.
2: I mean, it's basically been all all but confirmed that Bo Dallas is re-signed with WWE. Right. So um, I definitely feel like he gets repackaged, um, even, you know, because obviously once he's revealed, he's not going to be Uncle Howdy anymore. But uh, I think he gets uh, repackaged with a new name. I I would still love if he went by the Taylor Rotunda name, because that's a bit more serious than Bo Dallas is. Um, I don't think he goes by Bo Dallas this time around, though. And I think, like I said before, months ago, I think we're getting brother versus brother at WrestleMania.
0: I think regardless, whatever you call him, fans are going to cheer Bo Dallas's name.
2: And you can believe that. I mean, there's times to this day that Bray Wyatt still gets Husky Harris chanted at him. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's part of it's part of who you are. People still chant sexual chocolate at Mark Henry. Yeah,
1: if Lord Tensai was still on TV, he'd get Albert Chance every week still. He'd get a lot of chance for a lot of different gimmicks he had. Oh, yeah. The hip-hop hippo. <sighs> Ugh. Oh.
0: Well, all right. We're going to move completely on from that before I get distracted and start talking about Mantar. Uh, the <laughs> Women's Championship Bianca Belair defending her championship against Alexa Bliss. Justin, I'm gonna let you go first on this one.
1: Bianca Belair, like, not a question. I they, I see Alexa losing this match as more story progression towards the you know the Bray Wyatt and the Uncle Howdy stuff that they're doing on Raw. Uh so that that's how I see it. Bianca's gonna hold that title to at least WrestleMania. Go ahead, Al. I'm going in the
2: opposite direction. I think with this progression that we've got going on, I think there's gonna be something that happens at the Royal Rumble, and I think Alexa Bliss is walking out champion.
0: Okay. Wow. Who
2: is there to who is there left to face Bianca at WrestleMania? Rhea Ripley. I don't know, man. I just I don't see that as a big money world title match right now. I don't see you as a big money world title match right now. And you're not correct in this. I mean, you're correct in assuming that I'm a nobody. Um, I don't know. Just doesn't, I feel like the right time for Ripley was last year or even the year before when she had way more crowd support behind her. And I think it would have been a better crowning moment for her as a baby face at WrestleMania.
1: Well, you know what they put the title on Rhea Ripley two years ago at WrestleMania and then Charlotte came back. Uh, you, you could literally like take anyone's women's title win in the last five years and just say, and then Charlotte came back to describe the whole thing. Or yep. and, or and then Becky came back. Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, if if they don't go with Becky and in Rhea, I think Alexa Bliss should walk in as champion so that she can continue her story progression and have a lead to WrestleMania
0: okay so i've played out two scenarios in my head if alexa bliss wins that means she'll feud with rhea ripley as her story progresses with her and uh wyatt which to me would lead to believe that uncle howdy gets revealed but some you know we get like a brothers of destruction type tag team where they start working together and they all combined feud with Judgment Day Bianca Belair wins. I can also see again, I picked Rhea Ripley to win the women's Royal Rumble already, already done. So I would say that we get that while the rest of the Judgment Day feuds with who the hell knows. And to be honest, I really don't give two shits.
1: Some respect on their name.
0: No, ex con Dom's
1: coming after you. <laughs>
2: Is yeah. also I also think the Judgment Day is like slowly turning babyface as well. So like I don't know where that puts any of the members.
0: They were supposed to be like a dark, misty type group, and instead it's like
2: gold. <laughs> Pure Don- fucking gold.
0: Dominic, it's watching Dominic is like watching fucking Latchkey kids. <laughs>
1: Alex can't breathe
0: now. <laughs> to mute himself. Oh, oh. Latchkey kids. Yeah, uh, you heard girl, me.
2: Bro, it's not even that bad anymore. Leave the poor guy alone. It's not like watching a ten-year-old Roxanne Perez wrestle on NXT every week.
1: Leave Dominic
2: alone. No. He went from Eddie Guerrero Jr. to Rey Mysterio Jr. to Conan Jr. He is a prodigy of Lucha Libre Heritage, you ignorant fuck. He
0: still sucks.
2: You still anyway, sucks.
0: Our next match is the undisputed WWE Universal Championship match our tribal chief that's right i said our tribal chief roman reigns takes on kevin owens alex i'll let you start this one off
2: um i think it's very clear that roman reigns is winning this match however this uh this match i think is more so for the build of wrestlemania as I believe that the build is going to heavily involve Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn very clearly going to be involved in this match, with Roman saying this past week on Monday Night Raw that he does not want to see him until the Royal Rumble. So Roman's got something up his sleeve whether Sami goes along with it. That's a different story. Um, But yeah, Roman walks out of this one as champion.
0: What are you, Justin?
1: What are so... You th- yeah, definitely going to be some kind of involvement from Sami Zayn in this. I could see a scenario where, say, where this happens in a lot of Roman's matches too, where at least one of the titles come into play to use and, you know, uh, hit his opponent with. I could see some kind of miscommunication happening here where Sami hits Roman on accident, but it's believed by the bloodline that it's completely on purpose to help KO win. Uh, and then I think, i would imagine next week on raw or smackdown probably smackdown uh they do the angle and kick sammy out of the bloodline and beat him down at some point we get uh sammy and roman reigns for one or both of the titles and it should be happening at elimination chamber in montreal because that place is gonna fucking lose it during a match like sammy and roman reigns
0: while you're on that justin we're going to forget about spoiler free is the way to be right here because uh, I posted this for us to see and I believe it is now also on facebook.com/ perched on the top rope. there's a little spoiler to the elimination chamber. It was spoiled on the take home chairs that you get when you you sit on the floor for the pay-per-views. Like, my first pay-per-view was 2011 uh, Night of Champions in Buffalo. Second row, I've got my chair. On the chair is the Elimination Chamber of the Pod with Sami Zayn. Do what you want with that. But Sami Zayn is, is the, the face of the chair. You
1: hear that everyone. You can sit on Sami Zayn's face in Montreal this February. It's all I've ever wanted. <laughs>
0: it's uh,
1: all I've ever wanted.
0: So do with that what you will. Yeah, I, I feel like this is a no brainer. There's a misstep by Sammy, and yeah, we're all in agreement. Yeah,
1: Roman's not losing the title till WrestleMania at the earliest. So that that's the rule I'm going by. Yep.
0: Yep. Now we've already done our men and women's predictions. Justin and I both went with uh Rhea Ripley and Alex. Repeat your pick again.
2: I went with Bailey.
0: Thank you. And we all had different picks when it came to the men is I had picked Bray Wyatt. Justin. The Steeler picked Cody Rhodes. And Alex, you went with... Sammy Zayn. So so ladies and gentlemen, go to facebook.com slash Perched on the Top Rope Saturday morning. You'll see the post at 10 a.m. For your predictions for the Royal Rumble. Post your predictions... For the matches, if you get them all correct, you can win an 8 by 10 You have to be the first person to post correctly. To go for a signed WWE Elite, you have to be the first to post and comment, which out of the three of us guessed correctly. Good luck. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a, another episode of Perched on the Top Rope, but this has been an exciting one because the, all three of us have not been together in two months. Make sure you go back and you listen to all the other episodes between Alex and I, Justin and I, the three of us together. or Justin go and I. Back, Justin and Alex are go as far back as when Rob Hockman was co host Heck, you can probably even find some super early episodes when Izzy was a co-host. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, you name it. Anywhere podcasts are found, you can find us. It is perched on the top rope. Thank you, America. Thank you, Italy. In Ireland, we've been on your chartable for well over two years now. We thank you. You can go to YouTube.com slash Perched on the Top Rope where you can watch these episodes of the podcast. You can watch the interviews that we have done, Justin and I, with Perched on the Top Shelf. Alex does great editing youtube.com perched on the top rope and while you're at it since uh, Mr. 100 our perched correspondent over here has his own YouTube channel vlogging his experiences, I make an appearance on there so make sure you go and you check these out and there'll be more to come youtube.com/ injustin we trust. S- Sundays you can check out Alex. At twitch.tv slash perched on the top rope. Not just streaming wrestling games, but any game that you're into. So, you know, in the comments while he's streaming, make sure you let him know what you want to see, what to play. And uh maybe we can uh get a little Jeopardy back up in here sometime soon. It's over at twitch.tv slash perched on the top rope.
1: If we do have another game of Jeopardy, Justin wins lol. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, I will make sure that Alex is not hosting this time. I'll make sure that I host so that Alex can play. I'll be because I need to see uh Alex versus Justin as I came in second. However, uh Justin just dominated between the four of us that were playing. Special thanks to botched shots and chair shots and the smacked. Raw rewind guys, those guys are awesome. However, uh, we did better than you. Nen, 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 boo, boo.
2: Let's not slight the boys. There was five of you. You guys, you guys had the
0: two of you, Will, Aaron, and Kyle. Yes, are yes, yes. I don't know why I said four. We'll
2: just pretend that we forgot Kyle. It's okay.
0: Okay, we're gonna pick Kyle's the one that we forgot. All right, that works. Okay. So, uh, you can go to Twitter at Perched Top Rope because Perched on the Top Rope is too long. You can check oh, wow. us out on Instagram where we're posting hilarious memes and some great funny content Content of images, uh, memes, you name it, it's there. It's Perched on the Top Rope podcast. Now, if memes aren't your thing and you want to laugh at some videos, you can go to TikTok at Perched on the Top Rope where we have Selena scenes recreating the greatest moments in wrestling history, using Celine Dion, my heart will go on because that makes everything better. And if you don't like that, and I say that there is some funny stuff, well, you can watch the taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan. Give Give it it to me, Lee. By a dog. That's right. Former WCW producer, former WCW booking, former WCW talent. At one point, the guy y'all thought is the one who killed Nancy, Chris, and uh, their son, Kevin Sullivan, getting humped by a dog. Yeah, I missed that. TikTok, it's perched on the top rope. I went a little dark this time with it, I'm sorry. That's okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. Make sure on Wednesdays, we'll finally be back to that. Wednesdays, Perched on the Top Shelf, getting back into reviewing Hasbro's and everything Toys Galore. And we have a lot to talk about. Especially since uh, there's Series 100 of the WWE Elite Series 101 Uh, I've picked up some of the most rarest items you can imagine. There's a couple of unboxing videos that are also on TikTok and YouTube. So make sure you go check them out. If you want to see and get those early ahead of the podcast, go there and check them out. I'd say spoiler-free is the way to be, but we kind of did that a little earlier by talking about the Elimination Chamber and what... Well, the image I saw, anyway. So, we will end on this note. Boys, I will start with you, Justin. Give us a Briscoe's moment.
1: Ooh. Okay. So, I'll be honest. Uh, I haven't really kept up with Ring of Honor consistently uh, over the last 10 years or so. I had periods where I would, you know, watch and then kind of, you know, fall out of it. So with the Briscoes being so pri- primarily in ring of Honor for so long I really didn't get to see a whole lot of their stuff so really their first real feud that I saw and I hate to say it because it was just within the last year or so you know I it's another one of those things where it's like I don't appreciate some someone or in this case a tag team until you know it's not there anymore and it's just kind of too late but uh the trilogy with FTR which I was Thankful enough to be there live for one of their matches at Death Before Dishonor last year. Uh, Just great tag team wrestling all around. And, you know, Jay Briscoe will be missed. And I'll definitely be, uh, you know, checking out Honor Club, watching some of Jay Briscoe's and the Briscoe's in general, you know, their best matches and best segments.
0: I'm going to go with also kind of a recent moment here, guys. Um, And Justin, this was kind of, you know, as I look back after Jay passing, was kind of a special moment. Uh, We got to interview the Good Brothers. And um, fans, if we can, maybe we can twist Alex's arm to pull this clip on YouTube uh, where the Good Brothers talk about the Briscoes and facing the Briscoes. Uh, Justin you and I got to talk to them about that and their their thoughts on the Briscoes having wrestled the Briscoes elsewhere like in Japan and things to that nature so to hear people that you're interviewing speak kind things of somebody who at the time those get you know Jay was alive and for them to say the things that they said was just a, a really neat experience looking back now that he's no longer with us so uh i'm gonna go with that moment not it's not an in-ring moment but it was a moment that we got to share with two other wrestlers and share their experience with uh, jay and mark And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we send our thoughts and condolences to the Briscoe family at this time. Until next time, fans.